precious faith. Without faith, Hebrews 11.6 tells us, it is impossible to please God. I believe you guys want to please him. I know we're all like, we're not perfect. But we have faith in the perfect one, don't we? We have forgiveness of sins. I so appreciated, Wes, the scripture you shared out of Thessalonians there in chapter 2, verse 13. That's one of my favorites, you know, because I do give thanks for you guys that you receive the word of God. I know that's a big reason why you come to Freedom Fellowship, okay? It's because we uphold and we believe the scriptures. But it also tells us in that verse that the word effectively works in those who believe. And today, I'm believing there's going to be some who are going to come to a real belief in Christ for the first time. Why? Because that's something the word of God does. It opens our eyes to the truth of the gospel, this good news of Jesus Christ. But for us who already believe, the word of God effectively works in us. We're told in Romans 10, verse 17, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Oh, we could have slept in this morning. We could be doing other things today, but we believe what God says about his word. And you guys come every week ready to receive and to grow in his word, and that is a precious thing to the Lord. And I often wonder, you remember when Jesus said in the scriptures, you know, about his return Would he find faith upon the planet here? (laughs) There's precious faith, not just here at Freedom, but think about all our brothers and sisters all around the world today that are gathering and doing the same thing we are. Is that not beautiful to our God? Is he not worthy of his sacrifice? Absolutely. But something that the word does in us, it stirs us, it's effectively working in us that we can't keep it to ourselves because we're going to take the word and we're going to go share that good news with others. That's what God is asking of us. It's not just for us. Do you guys understand that? And I want you to be well-fed. I want us to be healthy sheep because I really believe healthy sheep beget healthy sheep. There's going to be an overflow. But we need to be in a place where we're ready to receive And that's my one prayer for you guys, and that would be my ask of you as you come to freedom, that you're praying, Lord, prepare my heart to receive your word. Let my heart have that right type of soil ready to receive that I can bear fruit. And isn't the will of the Father that we bear much fruit? Absolutely. So this morning we're in another neat passage of scripture also found in 2 Corinthians 4. So if you've not turned there yet, turn there in your Bibles. If you guys recall with me last week, we looked at the first few verses. And Paul there began the chapter talking about this ministry of God's word of preaching this gospel of grace. And we don't lose heart because we know it's true. We know what Jesus did, really did pay the price for our sins that we truly can be forgiven and we're not going to mess around with what God has said about what he has done and he's going to do we're not going to twist the word of God 
We're going to stand true to its word. And we need to be careful because we're told in the scriptures in the last day there is going to be those who don't handle the word of God rightly. They're going to craft the word for their own gain and their own purposes. They're going to twist it. And you think about how many hundreds of churches we have throughout the valley. How many just sit down and study through the scriptures. This is the one thing God's asked us to do as the church, and there's very few churches doing it today, and the few that say they're Bible churches are twisting it to their own purposes. We want you to be rich. We want you to be comfortable. We're going to see this morning in this passage of Scripture, no, as a Christian, that isn't life. Despite those hardships in life, that's going to be a reality. We have a God that is there for us. That's the truth of what the Scriptures teach. And even Bible teaching churches today are using the word just for a platform to fear monger. You guys know what I'm talking about? We should be scared. Look at the times in which we're living. God says in his word, hey, I've told you these things so you don't fear, that your hearts are not troubled. So why are these men twisting the word of God to make us fearful in the day in which we live, in which God has said, don't do it? Why are we using the word of God for our own political gain and our party in which we stand? That's a twisting of God's word. And guys, we want to be honest. And that takes humility. Because humility says, God, it's not about me. Again, we looked at last week how important it is that we inductively approach the scriptures, right? We want to take our lives. We want to read God's word. And God, you're right. I need to fit my life into what you say. Instead, guys, a lot of people take God's word and says, this is what I want, and I'm going to draw out some passages of Scripture to make it fit. I'm going to twist them so it lines up with what I want and what my opinions are. And that's why I encourage you guys, we want to read the Scriptures literally. We want to believe what God says. What he says is what he means, and what he means is what he says, guys. It's that simple. Context is always very important when we approach the word of God. We need to know the whole counsel of God. There's safety in that, all 66 books, okay? Understanding grammar, hermeneutics, studying the word rightly because we want to get it right. Why? Because there's one who loves to twist, twist the word of God, and that's Satan, right? And didn't we read last week in verse 4? You guys can look again. The God of this age who is who? Satan, right? He's blinding people from the truth. There's a reason why people don't believe today, and it's because there's a spiritual thing going on. Satan is literally blinding them. But we read in verse 6, man, the light of the gospel, okay? Christ, the light of the world, will shine into that darkness. And what a Savior we have. What a gracious Father. Do you guys know the grace of God has appeared to all men? Titus 2.11. All men. And this is why we need to share the word of God. Because it's the gospel that's going to open hearts, open eyes. The light needs to be shared, guys. So, I do that in a little bit of review. Because again, we need to approach the scriptures rightly. And we're about to pick it up in verse 7 this morning. And there are those, there's a church just down the street. I don't like bashing churches, but we're called to call out false teaching. Do you guys understand that? 
And there's a church down the street that says, if you're not prosperous, if you're not comfortable in this life, it's because you lack faith. We're going to get into a few scriptures today that speak very clearly, literally, to that's not the case for those that are on with Jesus. Because if we're really on with him, truly following him, truly a minister of the gospel, we are not going to have things too comfortable in this life. That is a promise that people don't like to consider. Have you guys ever read that promise in a little promise scripture book? You guys have any of those little scripture promise books? You read, oh yeah, God loves me. He's going to do this. This is great. And then you get to the one where, hey, those who live godly shall suffer persecution. I still haven't found that promise in one of those promise books, but that's a promise in scripture, right? That is literally what God is saying to us. So let's take a read through, and we'll pick it up in verse 7 this morning. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of our Lord Jesus that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered from death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. For all things are for your sakes. That grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, it's working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory while we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary." But the things which are not seen are eternal. So this great treasure, we're told, in jars of clay. Did you guys catch verse 7? There's this power, okay? But we have in this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Whoa! Okay. You guys thought I was going to break my cool pot. I just bought it. I'm not going to do that yet. But to get a point of what Paul is talking about here, guys, Chad was going to catch it. I saw him. He was eyeing it up. He's going to do a dive. This isn't how we would have portrayed power. An earthen vessel 
this is pretty fragile. We want it on a shelf somewhere that's safe. I wouldn't have picked our Savior to be born in a stable. I would have wanted a, a stadium with 80,000 screaming fans. And likewise, guys, we wouldn't have chosen this earthen vessel, right? Clay pots. Are you confused? Oh, sorry, guys. We're in 2 Corinthians. You guys should know that by now. I say 1 Corinthians, but that was last year. We're in so 2 Corinthians. So we have these clay pots, guys, to place this precious treasure of the gospel in. That's what Paul is getting to here. This is what he's talking about. Okay. So we would rather have something made of metal, all polished, all shiny. Nothing's going to break it. Nothing's going to dent it. Right? We would want to put that on display at some saint museum. Look at this. This is glorious. But God says, nope. <laughs> I've chosen jars of clay. I've chosen you. But a jar can break easily. That's the point. And I hope you guys see what Paul is trying to communicate to you and I this morning. God, of course, wants to take us off the shelf. And I want to encourage you this morning, if you've been sitting on the shelf, God has something. You have a purpose. God has created you for his glory. He has plans for you in your life to work that out. And if need be, he will break you. Well, I don't like that, Pastor. I'm going to go to the church down the road. Because <laughs> they're not going to talk about this. No, this is what Paul is talking about. This is what God wants us to understand. He may break us. He may want us to be poured out completely. Well, if I'm poured out completely, there's not going to be anything left. Good. Good. How many of you guys want a life that's poured out for him? Right? So, an illustration for you and I is actually found in verse 6. Look at verse 6 in 2 Corinthians 4. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And aren't you guys glad? Well, what I'm actually thinking, Pastor, is it okay for a preacher to wear a baseball cap while he's preaching? I have my Split Rock Lighthouse baseball cap on this morning for a reason, guys. Okay? Now, when I got to go up to upper Minnesota near the Canadian border, yeah, uh, I got to see a lot of lighthouses up there. How many of you guys have seen some of those? There's 78 of them on Lake Superior. And there's a reason. Really, Mom? Over the years, I love when people engage, follow my mom's lead. There's been over 10,000 shipwrecks on the Great Lakes over the years. But there's only been, and Lake Superior is the superior lake, right, of the five, there's only been 350 shipwrecks. Why? 
because of the lighthouses. You see, guys, storms come in, things get dark. I can't see where I'm going. I'm scared I'm going to crash and sink. But when we have that light to direct us, to help us see in the dark, to know where we're supposed to be going, that's exactly what Jesus has done. The light of the world has come into the world, guys. Many of us, and maybe some of you, feel like you are in the dark. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what this life is for. I'm scared. I'm scared I'm going to crash and burn, literally die and burn in hell. But the light of the world has come. Yeah, Satan wants to keep you blind. But there's a loving heavenly father that wants to open eyes. And that's what the light of the gospel does, guys. You understand, he today is shining bright. The gospel is being proclaimed all over the world. Jesus Christ is touching hearts and minds and opening eyes today. Isn't that exciting? Because I don't want to crash and burn. But I get excited when Jesus crashes into someone's life. Because that doesn't bring death. That brings life and life eternal. Amen? So, we have these great treasures in these jars of clay. That isn't a real light, by the way. I added that this morning. <laughs> the light doesn't work anymore. Have any of you guys been to Split Rock? Super cool. I like lighthouses now. Because it makes me think of Jesus. There to protect us there to bring us home safely. So, Paul here pictures our bodies as jars of clay in which God has placed this precious message of the gospel. You guys understand that? You have been given. You, saint, have been trusted entrusted with the most precious of all treasures. And that is the message of Jesus Christ. And I love the implication. Look at verse 7 again. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. So this is done so everyone can see our glorious power is from who? From God and not ourselves. We are weak. We are fragile. We are broken people. Where's the power come from? It is all God. Do you guys see this? It's beautiful. So why did God choose to do it this way? I'm so glad you guys asked. You may also be asking the question, why such a precious treasure in weak, worthless vessels, as we read in the second part of verse 7, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Do you guys understand? It's all of God. That's why he's done it this way. I have a hard time when people say, I got church hurt. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Do you guys ever talk to anybody? Like, I can't go to church anymore. I was hurt. They did me wrong. I have a hard time with that because the question truly is, was your faith in God? Or was it in people? 
Because I'm told in the scriptures my faith is to be in God. It's better to trust in God than in man. And now you're done with God because of some people who hurt you at church? Do you guys understand why our faith is so precious? And why the power is of God and has to be of God? And why are we exhorted to trust in him? To fix our eyes upon him? Why is the church told to preach the word of God, period? Because it's all about him, period. So, sometimes we think, if I'm this earthen vessel, (laughs) things in life are going to be hard. I am going to get hurt. There's going to be some chips along the way. If you don't believe you guys can come check out our, our dinnerware at home. I bought those years ago. They're really cool looking, nice flowers, decorative. You know, well, they've faded over the years, and most of them are chipped now. That's just part of life, right? Okay, and that's what's going to happen. If you're being used by the Lord, you're going to get some dings. You're going to get some chips in life. There's going to be hurts, as we read here. But since I'm chipped and cracked, (laughs) you know, I don't think I can be used then by God. Well, on the contrary, the truth is when God places his light inside a vessel, the more cracks, guess what? The more light's going to get out of you. Do you understand that? I look at some of the (laughs) people who are most messed up, cracked up people in life have been chosen by God. Why? Because he's chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And if you want to minister for the Lord, you're going to go through things in life. I see some of the people who have gone through the most are actually ministers. They're the ones who have stepped out and said, yes, Lord, send me. I'll go. I'm a man of unclean lips. I'm a messed up person, but I'm willing. Great son, great daughter. Now you're going to be broken. But God uses that brokenness for his glory. Because the more we're broken, the more he increases. I must decrease that he must increase. Because if we're living a life where we're just polishing the turd, the world knows that. Truthfully, isn't that what it is? Look at me. Look how great I am. Guys, we're all fallen. We are all sinners. God honors weak, broken pottery. And how seldom will he choose that fine china? We don't even own fine china because we know we never use it. Do you guys get the point? You see, it's like Mary. You guys remember when she came to Jesus right before he was about to be crucified? She had something of value. She had this alabaster flask, this very costly perfume. And there was a beautiful act of worship that took place that day because she chose to take the thing that was most valuable to her and she broke it and she anointed the feet of Jesus Christ. 
And this beautiful fragrance of worship filled the room. Did we not just read in chapter three that we are the fragrance of Christ? When does that happen, guys? When we are broken. Often, this is God's only way to pour us out to be the fragrance of Christ is to break one of his vessels, to break us. There is nothing significant about the vessel It's what's on the inside that matters. I'm not saying you don't count. Your you counts very much. The real you, okay, the inside, the soul, the spirit, that personality, ego, you, right? Best things often come from worst moments. Any amens to that? You guys know what I'm talking about? You've been there? Okay, we can ask Joseph, for instance. He was sold by his brothers into slavery. Yeah, you thought your life sucked. Own family (laughs) sold you to be a slave, okay? Then he saves his brothers from starvation. You see how God works? Ask Ruth, lost a husband, lost a country, and then gets to gain the true and living God a new country, and a new husband. Ask Job. His children die. He lost all except his nagging wife and then gained all back. Did you teach that part? There you go, little nugget. Youth group's going through Job. And then there's Daniel. Don't you guys love beloved Daniel of the Bible? That's one of my favorite books to read. Do you guys know that he lost parents? He lost country, language, and then he is what? Elevated and given visions and dreams. Best things often come from our worst moments. Let's look at verse 8 together. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, okay? Pressed, but not squashed. Yeah, you can write that in your Bible. That's pretty good, huh? Isn't that what it's saying? Hard-pressed, what does that mean? It carries this idea of pressure, okay? And some of you guys are so stressed out. You're under so much pressure. Well, they were under pressure like grapes being squeezed in a wine press, okay? But they're not crushed. In this perplexed word, this means to be at loss, to be in doubt, to be despondent, suggests this idea of being lost or disoriented. We are sore pressed at every point, but not hemmed in. We are persecuted by men, but never abandoned by God. We are at wit's end, but never at our hope's end. We are knocked down, but not knocked out. That's William Barclay, by the way. You guys can read him. He's awesome. And then it tells us here, God says we're persecuted, but not forsaken. Think about that. Persecuted, but not forsaken. We're never, ever abandoned by God. Aren't you guys glad? All right. Joan of Arc, how many of you guys have heard of her? All right. She said when she was abandoned by those who should have stood by her, 
She said this, catch it. It is better to be alone with God. His friendship will not fail me, nor his counsel, nor his love. In his strength, I will dare and dare and dare until I die. I like that. So Paul didn't throw in the towel in the face of hardships. And you guys can pick it up in Acts chapter 9 and read about Paul's life. This man was a guy on mission. He had the gospel to share with the Gentile world, and he was going for it. And Satan did not like that. Those he was preaching to did not like that. But God kept using him. Not down, but not knocked out. He's not that, it's not that we as Christians don't fall but when we do, guys, we will rise again. That's the point. Why? Because God is there. He's got us. So we can lose a battle, but we'll never lose the campaign. So there is this dying but living reality for you and I as Christians. Let's take a look at verse 10. We're always carrying about in the body the dying of our Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but in or but life in you. So there is no abundant life without first abasing death when we die he lives you guys get what he's saying here okay when we die he lives when we lose he wins when we are weak he is strong when we are dependent he is powerful again the power is of god that is what paul is trying to drive home here for you and i to get and this really is paradox at its finest okay do you understand we as christians kind of live in an upside down reality okay as we study the scriptures and we look at passages like this you're like wow this makes no sense but i know it's true because i'm living it i believe it and i see that this is actually true it is actually reality god actually does work this way and work things out that way Look at verse 13 then. And since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that grace having spread through many may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of the Lord. Aren't you guys glad he raised you up? I sure am. And you ain't going to be raised up if Jesus never rose. You understand, without the resurrection, there is no good news. But he did rise from the dead. And because he lives, we live. Pretty cool, huh? So, verse 13. Oh, this is so cool. I love verse 13. I believed, and therefore I spoke. Okay? I'm not into tattoos, but if I ever got one, that would be it. 
Okay? I believe, therefore I spoke. You must believe it or you shouldn't ever teach it. Right? You should believe it. Do you believe it? How could Paul pen these words? Because he truly believed it and he knew it. So this little phrase is actually taken from Psalm 116, verse 10. You guys can read that. It's interesting that this hymn of thanksgiving, okay, it's of thanksgiving and deliverance from death. These words, I believed, and therefore I spoke, guys. It should be written over every Bible student's desk, over every pastor's door, hanging a sign of every pulpit, every podium of a Sunday school teacher. (laughs) I believed, therefore I spoke. And that's when it carries weight, doesn't it? I like coffee and I was at the coffee shop yesterday. My wife doesn't like this about me, but I am very observant. I catch everything that's going on around me. I just went for a short walk. I don't try to do it, but I accidentally overheard a conversation. And this young man trying to impress this young woman was talking about the deep things of life and why they are, and it's our environment and our upbringing. Thus, this is why we are we are the way we are, and everything's okay because of this and that. And all I'm thinking, like, dude, you don't have a clue. You've lived hardly any life. What you're saying is coming out of your butt. <laughs> this is what's rolling through my head, you know. And I'm like, Lord, do I say anything? And I wanted to, but my coffee was waiting. <laughs> Pray for me. But there are times and situations like that we speak, don't we? We speak up because we really do know. It's not a guessing. I think this, and it might be that way because of this and that, you know. Anyways, I can go, yeah, back to this. The word is good. The point is, guys, when we truly believe something, people are truly going to hear you. I think Jesus is the only way to heaven. Know that you know. I know that I know. Without a shadow of a doubt, I know Jesus is God and that he is the Savior of the world. I know that. I can't say I think it's true. I know it's true. I know it. And I know he's chosen me to be his kid, not because I'm great. I'm well polished. (laughs) It's grace. Do you understand that? God so loved the world. He loved us all, guys, that he was willing to lay down his life. And if anyone is willing to put their faith in Jesus, they'll be saved. Are you willing to turn to him or not? I believe that with every, I don't think it. I know the gospel's true. I hope you guys know the gospel's true too. And if you don't know it, it is time to put your faith in him. It is time to bow the knee and say, God, you're right. 
I've been wrong. My opinion doesn't even really matter. You guys know people are into opinions today? You know, we all have our feelings and our thoughts. And we're, we're, we're willing to negotiate a little bit. Well, I'll give in here if that means we can do this over here and roll with your thing if you roll with my thing a little. And that's okay. I mean, we should be loving and give and take, right? But there's things we believe and we know. Guys, we need to have a firm foundation. I hate seeing my brothers and sisters when life comes at them hard and we talk about these times when we are hard-pressed and things are perplexed, things are overwhelming. And I'm a believer in Jesus and my faith is getting shooken. I'm being tossed to and fro all over the place and now now I'm going to start working on my firm foundation of my faith. Guys, that's too late. That's not a good time to be working out your faith. I encourage you to do it now, today, that when the things come, you're going to have a solid rock to stand upon. It's not I, I think, but I know. And you know, who know what I know, that as a believer, you're going to go through things in life, and after you walked through some, and you've stepped into some by faith, and you've stood upon Christ, that he's faithful. He doesn't abandon you. He does see you through. That when the next storm of life comes your way, the next trial, hardship, guess what? You know what? I I know I have a firm foundation. I know where I'm I'm not going to move. This is where I'm going to stand. Because I believe Jesus is the answer. He is it. So... Your pastors preach you today. Do you guys see why it's easy to be preachy when you're in 2 Corinthians chapter 4? This is where our faith hits life, guys. Our faith is in Him. And we're about to see it's the things that are not seen. We walk by faith and not by sight. Let's think on that as we look at this last chunk of scripture here. Before we move on, I just want to note, don't hide the cracks. Christians are very good at that. We want to, look at me from this side. <laughs> I don't want you to see what's going on over here. Don't hide the cracks, guys. Let people see through you because they're going to see Jesus then. Amen? Amen. Let's look at verse 16 here. We see this great glory in light affliction. It says, therefore, we don't lose heart. Have you guys heard that before? Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So again, in verse 16, we don't lose heart. Here's the other bookend, guys, from not losing heart in verse 1. Isn't it been pretty cool in chapter 4? We don't lose heart, okay? Even though there's an enemy who wants to blind people from the gospel of Jesus Christ, okay? Even though ministry is hard, and we're going to go through hard things in this life. 
we don't lose heart in these afflictions. I love it. So, our physical life is slipping away. Amen? Am I the only one feeling it? (laughs) I hate getting old, guys. I shouldn't say that. I'm really trying to have right thinking. Because my firm foundation is, hey, every day I'm getting older, yeah, it might be getting harder. (laughs) But it's one day closer to seeing my God face to face. Oh, can't wait. Why? Because it's giving me a new body, guys. It's going to be so cool, right? So our physical life's fading away, but what Paul's getting at is that our spiritual life is climbing up the hill that leads to that celestial city, to the presence of God. We are being renewed day by day. Do you guys get what Paul's saying? Okay, this might be falling apart, and it is. Ask my wife. I'm falling apart, okay, this body. But as a believer in Jesus Christ, I can be growing on the inside, spiritually. I can be loving more, okay? I don't want to be a grumpy old saint. I want to be seasoned in grace, in mercy, in compassion, in caring, in my love for my God. Those are things we can grow in every day until he comes to take us home, guys. That is the truth for you and I. And that is what is precious. I get to hang out at the old folks' home once in a while. I'll be there on Tuesday, be praying. We're going to be in John chapter 5 again on Halloween Day. What I love with some of these older people are the ones that really know Jesus. Some of them are losing their memories, okay? They can't remember what today is, what they did yesterday, even where they are. But the ones who have Christ in their heart and have grown well spiritually, I love being around them. There's a joy and excitement in the Lord, and it's just like, that is precious, that is what I want as I get older. Because this is going to perish. My mind might even go. But am I growing in Christ? I hope so. I hope we all are. So we need not fear the years slipping by, for they bring us nearer not to death, but to God. And we are to focus not on the external, but the internal. So in verse 17, this light affliction, what's he talking about? Well, this is after verse 8, right? We are hard-pressed hard on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. You guys understand, this is the context. And then verse 18, we are to focus not on the temporal, but the eternal, Not that you guys do this, but if you guys who do this that are watching online, stop sending me your emails. I don't need to know it. I'm not going to preach it. Pastor, don't you know this is going on? Don't you know they're coming for us? It's all over. You should be scared, and your people should be scared too. You need to tell them to be scared. I get emails all the time about that crap. It's not just recently. It's for years and years and years and years. didn't happen (laughs) 
didn't happen again. Oh, that one did happen, but you know what? It didn't change my faith. It didn't change my walk. My calling's still the same. I'm still loving my family. I'm still working for the Lord. Who cares? Who cares? But when our eyes are on the temporal, then we're going to care about the wrong things. That is what God is saying here. Do you understand? He tells us to fix our minds on things above eternal realities because we are all eternal. And if we're tripping on the temporal right here, and a lot of people are, don't you know they're taking our freedoms away? Great saint, brother, fearmonger, what are you doing with the freedom except scaring other people to be afraid too? You say you want freedom to go share the gospel. Who are you sharing the gospel with? Who are you discipling? When's the last time you actually evangelized to a stranger? That's what God's calling us to do because those things are eternal because we are eternal. People care. Yeah, there's a war going on and we are told to pray. Are we praying? Absolutely. And I hope you're praying like I've been praying. Lord, I pray a lot of people come to faith in you through this. I pray some of these Jews whose hearts are hard who have this veil that we read about in verse or chapter 3 that their eyes would be open. They would humble themselves and bow their knee. And for all these Muslims, third of the world's Muslim, you died for them too. They're following a false god. Show them. Let them hear the gospel. Send people. Open hearts. I'm not scared. What I am is believing. God's not done. He's at work. You guys understand that? He is doing much. I mean, just look around for a moment. Is there faith on the earth? God is doing. I'm believing that God is saving people today. I'm believing that he cares about our community. You guys can be praying. I get to meet with the mayor next week. And all I'm going to do It's not, Mayor, what can we get from you here? Because we're a church that's been in Kokana for a while. No. Mayor, how can our church family, how can Freedom Fellowship, how can we serve our community? We just want to love and serve. What can we do for you? What can we do for the community? If anything comes up, let us know. And if we're able to help, we're going to help. Why? Because that's what Jesus has asked us to do. Is there a darkness in Kukana, absolutely. Are suicides still happening? Yeah. There's a lot of issues. And it's easy to go and tell people where they're wrong, where we're blowing it, what should be being done. But God has asked us to what? You go love your neighbor. That's what I want you to do. You go love. You want to see your neighborhood changed? You want to see a community changed? Start doing what God's asked us to do. So, let's finish up here. Verse 17, our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working in us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen, they're temporary, but the things which are not seen 
are eternal. Jot down Hebrews 11.27. And I'm closing with this thought because I love it. It's the hall of faith there. All of Hebrews chapter 11 go through different men and women of faith. Some of them, it was just one thing God called them to do. I want you to do this. And they stepped out in faith. They were ready and they were prepared when God came calling. They stepped out. And it tells us here about Moses. Okay? It said, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Now this last year we went through the book of Exodus. We got to see Moses come into this world, into this life. And he was to be killed because he was a Jewish baby boy. And we saw God's deliverance in his life and then the deliverance of the children of Israel as a whole nation. And Moses called to do some radical things. Not a well-spoken man. Didn't think he could do anything. But he did what God asked him to do. And I love the scripture in Hebrews eleven twenty-seven: For he endured as seeing him who's invisible. Do you guys want to do the same? Well, we know we're going to see him one day face to face, but until then, are we going to walk by faith and not by sight? Are we going to have our eyes on the eternal, not the temporal? Are we going to say, yes, God, you mean what you say. And I'm going to do what you say. Saints, rivet your eyes on the unseen, on the things that last forever. And Father in heaven, we pray and ask in your awesome name, Jesus, that you'd help us to do that. Oh, it's so easy to get our eyes on other things in this life, but you've told us to fix them upon you. And we thank you, Father, that even in the hard things in life, when our heads hang low, that you are the one who is the lifter of our heads. Would you do that for each and every one of my brothers and sisters here, and especially for those who have not yet gazed upon your beauty, Jesus. They have not looked at you with eyes of faith they would bow the knee and say yes to you. We know you're the key. You are the answer, God. This world has a lot of problems. It always has. And it's going to until you come back. But we know that you are the solution to every problem. So we're looking to you. We're trusting in you. God, I pray for each and every one of us that by your grace you'd give us a firm foundation. Teach us how to continue to stand upon you and you alone, Father. We pray in your name. Amen. Amen.